Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Cliff Ravenscraft Show, a podcast devoted to helping you take your message, your business, and your life to the next level. This, my friends, is episode number 452, and I am your host, Cliff Ravenscraft, the podcast answer man. I am so delighted to be hanging out for the next, I don't know, maybe up to an hour with my great friend, Mike Russell. Mike, how are you, brother? Cliff, I'm good, and uh, I have to be honest straight away and say I'm actually a little bit nervous talking to you. <laughs> a little, what? I, I always get nervous talking to you because I, this is, the, this is the truth, I admire what you do so much, uh, and uh, you know, I'm not just kind of, you know, blowing smoke or whatever, but I, I really like what you do, uh, you've achieved so much, you're an inspiration to so many, and I don't know, just talking to you now kind of, I will come out of my shell as I talk to you over this next hour. I can guarantee that. That's awesome. Well, you know, I admire what you do. I, gosh, I, I have to tell you, and it, it's funny how we all have our own perspectives on the success of others. Yes. You know what absolutely. I'm saying? I saw something on Instagram the other day. There was a little animated graphic, and it was this scene where on the right-hand side was a helicopter, and the left-hand side was a big, huge, fancy sports car like a Lamborghini or something. And the guy in the Lamborghini says, boy, I wish I had a helicopter. And then the next scene, the the sports car is on the right, and then there's like a new car on the left. And the guy in the new car says, boy, I wish I had a big fancy sports car. (laughs) And then the next scene, the car on the right is the new car. And then the one on the left is a beater. You know, it's a, I don't know if you know the term beater. By the way, for those of you that don't know this and you haven't figured this out yet. I don't (laughs) know. Mike is not from America. He's from the United Kingdom. Sometimes I wish I was, but yeah, I don't get all the Americanisms and stuff. I'm, I'm learning. So a beater is, you know, an old clunker car. Oh, okay. Okay, it's a vehicle that still gets you from point A to point B, but it's not anything all that impressive. If if you know what I mean, right? What would you? What do you guys call that? Oh man, Um, (laughs) you have to have some colloquialism for that. Yeah, um, I'm sure probably people are shouting right now at the at the podcast player what it is, but uh, I can't think of it. That's because Mike's only had these really totally awesome new cars. Yeah. <laughs> he drives around in his Tesla on the Isle Absolutely. of Wight. Absolutely. Yes, the only electric car on the Isle of Wight. <laughs> so anyway, the guy's in his beater. Now you know what a beater is. Right. A so beater. Okay. He's in his beater. And I have to say beater rather than beater. It, right? it, yeah. it, no, you Drop can say it. Actually, I probably should have said beater, but <laughs> that's a whole nother story for another time. So the guy on the left side, I wish I had a new car. And then the next scene animated is the guy, the guy with the beater is on the right. And then there's a guy on a bicycle on the left. And he says, boy, I wish I had a car. And then the guy on the bicycle is on the right. And then there's a guy standing, waiting impatiently at a bus stop. And he's like, man, I wish I had a bike. Yeah. And then the guy on the bus station is actually stays on the left but then all of a sudden the perspective of the whole thing changes and it's a guy in a wheelchair sitting up on a balcony saying, boy, I wish I could move around like that. Oh, wow. So it, it's all about perspective. You know, we yes. all think that what the next person has is so awesome. The reality is, is there are so many people out there looking at what we have thinking what we have is awesome. And and I think what's interesting, I, I think that that analogy, that, that animated graphic that I just explained is interesting. But what I've learned, because I've surrounded, I've made it a point to surround myself with the people that I most look up to uh, as far as who have achieved success way beyond the measure of what I've currently obtained. I love that. Yeah. And I, I've done that intentionally. What's interesting is that sure, I can tell you all those guys, they have achieved so much success that I'm I'm like the guy in the beater and they have the helicopter, right? That's wow. how I feel most of the time. But what's interesting is those guys are, yeah, they still, I mean, let's just face it. It's it's human. It, 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 we're all like this. We're all wired this way. They're, most of them are very content, but they're always looking for that, you know, that next thing. But the interesting that I've, thing that I found is that those guys often look at people who have less in certain areas, but look at that person and say, boy, I wish I had what they have. And so I say all that to say this, you you might look at me and think, you know, Cliff's built all this, but I look at what you've done, Mike, and I'm like, dude, I I should be nervous to talk to you. Wow. 
<laughs> that, has, that has blown my mind, actually, because that is amazing. And I think you just never know, do you, until you actually, if you could actually step into someone else's shoes and see it from, from where they sit. Because we all go through our struggles, don't we? But we just generally, we usually don't talk about them, do we? We usually try to highlight the big bits. So... I mean, one thing I, I know you get, I'm sure you get this a lot um, with us is we, we get, wow, what you're doing is great. What you're doing is so huge. What you're doing is amazing. You guys are so successful. You get that a lot. <laughs> kind of builds you up a little bit, but it's, it's not all like that. That's not the full picture, is it? It's not. For me, I look from the outside and I'm thinking, you know, wow, Mike and Isabella Russell, they got their stuff together. So what I want to do for just a second is I want to give you a glimpse of my feeling of who Mike Russell is. Okay. Are you ready for that? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> we And by the way, for those of you listening, this conversation, we planned this no more than 90 seconds before we hit the record button. Yeah, literally. Mike, <laughs> Mike and I, I don't believe Mike and I have ever had a solo conversation just between the two of us, ever. Exactly. Exactly. We had a short time on Snapchat doing a video call once. You're right. So that may be the, and by the way, we've, we've talked a lot, but it's always been with, it's, it's always, Mike has always been an inseparable part from Mike and Isabella Russell. And, I know. And, yeah. And I love Isabella. And, and, and so it's always been Mike and Isabella. It's, I've, I don't think I've, it's very rare I've ever said just Mike Russell. It's like, no, it's Mike and Isabella. It's true. And I have to say, I, I, I think that's a part of me. I feel very vulnerable when it's just me. Yeah. <laughs> and because, because uh, and, and this is true, the truth for you, Cliff, uh, Isabella is most definitely the stronger one in our relationship. She's the one that's like, yep, it's, it should be that way. It should be like that. That's the way we should be doing it. Don't get me wrong. I have ideas. I have thoughts. I have ways I think sh things should be. But Isabella is definitely sort of, this is the way it should be. So without Isabella having that kind of final kind of, no, it should be like that. I kind of feel a bit like, whoa. <laughs> and maybe that's just a little bit of my inadequacy coming out. I don't know. Well, and we all have that as well. And I think that's important for people to know through their entrepreneurial journey. Mm. Now that we've explained this, you know, that, that this hasn't been prepared. Mike has no idea what's coming. I want to give you a perspective of, of what I think about your journey just the little bit. Actually, actually, it's not just a little bit. I've known you for years. We've been, yeah. you know, myself and Mike and Isabella have been business partners in an affiliate relationship for years. We've been involved in some pretty significant win-win situations, which is awesome. And, and we'll talk about that. Um, actually, let me just mention it now. Yeah. If you guys need audio branding, you need to check out podcastanswerman.com slash audio and uh, we'll play a promo in a little bit maybe take the sound of your podcast to the next level podcast answer man presents an exclusive audio branding package for podcasters where only the best voiceovers singers musicians and producers bring their knowledge and talent to you this exclusive package enables you to brand your podcast with an audio intro and outro that is both professional and memorable First impressions count. Professional audio branding from Music Radio Creative is one way to make your podcast stand out above all the others in your category. This exclusive Podcast Answer Man audio branding package includes an amazing podcast intro produced with high-quality music and effects. An exciting podcast outro optimized to take advantage of your main call to action. An email consultation with an audio branding specialist to discuss your exact needs and priorities. A complete script writing service plus professional advice on the best choice of music and voice artist for your brand you can take your podcasting efforts to the next level today with the podcast answer man audio branding package from just 299 exclusively at podcastanswerman.com slash audio So what I want to tell you is I want to give you what I think I have noticed about who Mike Russell is and what you and Isabella have done. Here's my perspective. If somebody were to ask me, who is Mike Russell or what's, what's music radio creative and stuff like that? Here's what I would say. Well, what I know about Mike is number one, he's from the UK and he's got a, the voice of a God. Okay. <laughs> so that's number one. 
Number two, I happen to know that he had a career in radio broadcasting. That's right. And if you listen to the guy, you can just tell that this guy used to be on the radio. The way that he communicates, just the style. He's a radio guy. You could just tell that that was a very big part of his life. And so my assumption from what I know about that is that he was an employee. He had what we call the nine to five, the day job at the radio station. And he did and he did it for years. Then what I would say is that at some point, I don't know what, if he was doing it while radio or if he was, or when he met Isabella, I don't know if he was still in radio and then left and started this thing or what happened, but he and Isabella got together, they got married. Eventually one day, for whatever reason, I, I don't know yet, I hope we discover in this episode, Mike left the world of radio and decided to create Music Radio Creative. And Music Radio Creative, what is that? It is a place where you can go and get audio branding for your podcast. And it originally started out, in my my thinking, it originally started out to do audio branding on a contract basis for radio stations. My assumption is that Mike Russell used to do radio branding and uh, audio imaging, I think you might call it. Again, yep, very much so. Okay. So he, he did this for radio stations in his full-time job. But for whatever reason, he decided to start doing that on the side. Maybe he just started doing that for other radio stations as well. And he's created Music Radio Creative. And then all of a sudden, podcasting, he noticed that this world's really taken off, or he and Isabella did. And they decided together, I think we should expand to doing audio branding for podcasting. And and so they developed that as well. And in this business, they're employing, or well, I don't know if they're employing or have virtual or just contracted workers, probably contracted workers on the most part, maybe a couple of employees. This is my just my thinking about what Music Radio Creative is. But they got this entire team of voice talent around the world, different accents, different voices, men, women, and they have talented musicians who will create music custom. And they have the arrangements with a lot of other royalty-free music places. They have built this amazing resource, and Mike has this incredible talent to take just regular bland audio and turn it into something incredibly awesome because of all of his years of experience. And and they built Music Radio Creative, which in my opinion is a very successful business financially. I happen to know that they live on the Isle of Wight, which is an island in the United Kingdom yeah. that I've been there because they invited me and my family to come. They took such great care of us, but they have this amazing island life. If you've ever seen those island life shows on the the Travel Channel, stuff like that, those things ain't got nothing on Mike and Isabella. Let me tell you. It's kind of like, just imagine British pubs with um, fish and chips and and ale and garlic farms and just the most amazing stuff. And that's the life of Mike and Israel. They, they are high rolling it in the Isle of Wight. <laughs> I love it. And of course, they have they love their children. They have two kids. They're, they're just living life great. And of course, they are they love podcasting. And they've developed a product that has really gotten ingrained in the podcast community. And they they've become the go-to resource for some of the most influential podcasts out there through the relationships that they have with myself, John Lee Dumas, and some other people, pretty much anybody who wants professional audio branding for their podcast, they're going to go to Mike and Isabella's company, Music Radio Creative. That's what they've built. And I know that they came to America to go to some new media conferences over the years. That's where I met them for the first time and became so impressed with who they are and what they do. By coming to these conferences, they started to meet the people who were buying their products face-to-face. They fell in love with this community and wanted to have something like that back at home. So they created this thing called the UK Podcasters Meetup, and they that that like turned out what way better than what they thought. And then they created a UK Podcasters Conference, and the next year they turned it into the first year of New Media Europe, which was amazing in Manchester. They flew me out as the keynote speaker. And then this year, New Media Europe, London, 2016. Dan Miller even is, yeah. hi- is keynoting this event. They have built this incredible, amazing community. What a success. I mean, this seems like this a massive uphill climb. That, my friends, is the carefree, stress-free life of the entrepreneurial known as Mike Russell. It's just so easy, you know. Do that, it with your eyes shut. 
<laughs> now, on a scale, let's say 100% is the best. How how accurate is my description? That is pretty much uh, very accurate. Obviously, uh, yeah, you, you uh, don't go into the kind of behind the scenes of how it builds and the, the, the struggles. You Yeah, the way you have put it there is very kind of it's gone from this to this to this really, really easily. And I guess we've never known throughout our journey where we were going next, but one of the best decisions we made was actually flying to the US and going to those live events. That was literally something that completely changed our thinking. And I, I don't know whether it's a way the kind of entrepreneurial thought pattern or the way it, it works in the US, but it kind of opened our mind. And, and that was the moment where we were like, wow. That's interesting that you say that because you yeah. already had Music Radio Creative then. Exactly. Yeah, that's the most entrepreneurial thing I could think you could possibly do, and <laughs> yeah. and you're saying that it was after you had this business as an entrepreneur that it opened your mind to the what you could do as entrepreneurs. Absolutely, and Cliff, it's I, I guess all along the way it's it's been a gamble. So we've taken incremental gambles all along the way, and that's what we do as entrepreneurs, right? So when we first moved to the Isle of Wight, that was the moment when we decided we were going to really put something into Music Radio Creative. So that was back in, we started working on it late 2011. And then we moved to the Isle of Wight at the start of 2012. And when we did that, I was kind of so in a nervous situation of, is it going to work? Or this is a huge gamble. Now we're detaching ourselves from the mainland. So obviously radio now is is getting pretty much out of the question. I did have a, a great connection that actually got me some some freelance work on the radio station. And I took it with open arms because I was, I was scared at the time. I was like, well, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. So, um, so we ended up doing that. And uh, I was listening to a lot of podcasts even before we moved to the Isle of Wight. And I guess actually I've got podcasts to blame for, for moving me to the Isle of Wight. For, for a lot of actually my life changes in the last sort of five or six years. And then um, when we got here, um, listening to podcasts, it was actually listening to podcasts that got me to start going to events because suddenly a lot of podcasters were talking about the events they were speaking at and attending. So we thought, well, I, I thought, and I said to Isabel, I, we really should go to events. And actually we were, we were supposed to, I really wanted us to go um, to, I think it was back then, it was Blog World in New York City Yep. Um, before it turned into uh, New Media Expo, which was in Las Vegas. Right. And I think that was the very first time you headed up the podcasting track. And I hear that from, it was day and night between, uh, obviously I don't think you'd admit this yourself, but it was day and night between what the podcasting community was like uh, before you were there and then after you joined and kind of rallied everyone to that event. And I know you're not going to say, absolutely, yes, Mike, yes, I made it great. But I really, that's what I believe, that's what I understand, that's what I've heard other people say. So I think that everything happens for a reason. And the fact we we didn't go to the previous event, it must have led us on to, to go to this event, which was fantastic and I would say life-changing for us. And yeah, so I mean, uh, what you have said there, Cliff, is is pretty pretty accurate, I would say. That's awesome. Now, the, I did intentionally share all of those things without the behind-the-scenes stuff. And so, I think the I think you're saying what I described is a is almost completely accurate from the outside perspective. But yes. except for what I said at the very end, it's you know stress-free, care-free, all of those <laughs> things, because that that's the part. That and, and, and then it's it's just like this next logical jump. Oh, it's like I, I'm leaving the radio. I'm doing this. And I love the fact that you said, well, it, you know, we we didn't know. We, we didn't know what each of those steps were. We took them one at a time. We took a lot of gambles. Uh, risk is involved here heavily. The importance of events for you guys. And I'm certain that's going to play a role into our discussion about New Media Europe. But what I'd yes. like to do is go back and and retrace the story that I just told and get a little bit more behind the scenes. So tell me about radio. When did you start in radio? How old were you? Oh my, I was a very young teenager. I was about 13 years old when I first got into um, not even professional radio, but um, what we call over here in the UK, hospital radio, which I know you don't have in the US or anywhere else in the world. It's a uniquely UK thing. Yes, in the UK, we create radio stations for hospitals. 
That's great. <laughs> this is going out to patient yeah. Jody in room 22B. <laughs> and it was so old school. Like most of the stations, we didn't use this FM because, again, it was radio licensing and all of that. So we actually had like pipes that would pipe the sound around the hospital. I, I don't know who uh, initially thought this was a good idea and set up the infrastructure, but I'm grateful for it because it got me my start in radio. And yes, you had maybe a couple of patients. We actually did um, requests where we'd walk around the wards. And we'd <laughs> Seriously, Cliff, we we take requests, and it was always Frank Sinatra and Perry Como and all of that good stuff. And uh, occasionally, you'd get someone with a sense of humor. Like um, I remember going into uh, one ward. It was a young guy, must have been in his like late twenties, and he had a, a motorcycle accident. And he said, "Can I have the crash test dummies, please?" Nice. I want. So, Ch- can you play Chuck Berry's "My Dingaling," please? <laughs> That's right. So that was my my start when I was 13. And then when I was about 16 or 17, I I started to get into work experience at my local radio station. And uh, yes, as a kid, I just always wanted to be on the radio. Anyone will will tell you that. So, you know, I was always recording myself and others around me much to the harassment of other people. But um, so, yeah, I guess I've always had it in me. I've always had that microphone and I've been recording things and sound. Um, so I wanted to be behind the mic, um, but I also discovered at an early stage and I was lucky to have some really good mentors in radio uh, that kind of took me under their wing and, and said, well, you know, I'm going to teach you audio production. And that's one of the things now I'm, I'm grateful that I get the opportunity to do that myself and to create videos about audio. Um, but I learned from some really good people and that was in the time when there was no YouTube and, you know, it was literally you, you were sitting in a radio studio with a you know an effects box and a mini disc machine and um, pushing buttons um, and then I discovered actually you know what I do like being behind the mic but I also love creating good audio so that's what I guess opened up my path my my journey to then go on and work at radio stations and yes be on air um, but I always was stronger I would say in radio um, in the other studio in the studio that faces the on air guy you know doing all that production stuff and making that good and then obviously then it turned into a business idea much later down the line in my sort of I guess early 20s I guess yeah yeah music radio creative is I, gosh it's over 10 years it actually started around 2004 2003 um, even before that it wasn't called music radio creative at that point it was Mike Russell trying to sell his voice <laughs> and get on radio stations in America because I, I do I, I have this glamorous view of the United States I absolutely love it I've, I've visited so many times uh, now obviously I'm, I'm settled down as you quite rightly mentioned Cliff on the glamorous Isle of Wight with our Caribbean lifestyle our, our yacht and <laughs> All of that. Um, Sipping and, champagne right now. Yeah, exactly. And I'm, I'm very happy here. I genuinely am very happy on the Isle of Wight. Um, but it was always an ambition of me to to, to, to be in America, to, to live in America and, and do all of that stuff. And now I'm quite happy to, to visit lots. And um, But yeah, back then I was like, yeah, I'm setting up this, this kind of, I didn't realize it was a business at the time, but I'm selling my voice online. This was back before social media um, because I want, Americans to like my voice and and buy it and put it on their radio stations. It was all about radio back then for me. I didn't, I wasn't aware of podcasting and and yeah. So that's kind of how it all all started. But uh, how how much? Yeah, I, I can go. Well, the, any, the, no. this is great. I, I'm loving this. So I, I've I've I'm taking notes as I go on. But here's what I I see is that 16, 17, you get into the professional radio. You've been in this since 13 years old in one form or another. Yeah. Uh, so your early 20s, you said you started doing a little bit of freelance work. Now, were you still working full time at a radio station at that time? So um, I think if you talk to many people in radio, they'll say there's no such thing as a, a full time employment or a secure job. Um, it's one of the things like many people will say, well, why don't you get a proper job? Why don't you do, <laughs> why don't you do a job that involves, you know, blood, sweat and tears? Um, so, um, yeah, the way it worked mainly in my professional radio qu- career uh, was freelancing, what we call freelancing. I, I don't know if that's such a term in, yes, in the US. Absolutely. Freelancing. So, um, yeah, it was absolutely working for usually just one radio station at a time, but I did have periods where I was working for multiple radio stations. Um, One of the best times in my life was just around the time when I started experimenting with the possibility of what was to become MRC. Um, When I was freelancing in London and I was doing a lot of work on... um, 
I did a pre-recorded, not a live, but a pre-recorded drive time show on a, a national radio station that was in London at the time, digital station. Um, I was also producing uh, speech shows at the um, the biggest talk radio station in the UK. Um, and when I got to that stage, it was around 2004, um, you know, I was working for a station called TalkSport. I was working for the Capital Radio Group, which was like, it's for anyone who knows radio, or certainly for me as a kid, it was like Capital Radio. Once I am there in that building in Leicester Square in London, that'll be it. And I feel I really peaked in my early 20s in radio. And it was at that stage, even way before MRC came down the line and I met Isabella, I was like, wow, I really felt like I peaked in radio. I was like, where do I go from here? Right. Even when you made it to Capital and stuff like that, you're still freelancing for them. You're doing, what kind of work are you doing on a daily basis? So on a daily basis, I, I was working all hours. I mean, at my my craziest time, I was um, producing actually an American talk show host called Charlie Wolf, who is fantastic. If you ever get the chance to watch him, he's, he's quite controversial in his views. Um, so I was producing his overnight show on the um, the talk radio station and, and taking the, the crazy callers. That was great. We used to field all kinds of people through the night who would call up with nutty opinions and ideas. So you're producing the show for Charlie Wolf. Yeah, so 1 a.m. till 6 a.m. on the air, but then uh, probably two or three hours of prep, so getting into the radio station about 10 in the evening. Um, and then first thing in the morning after 6 when I would finish, I would then uh, go across to the other side of the River Thames to uh, Capital to uh, record my show, um, which would be pre-recorded into a computer system uh, to play out later that day. What was and your then- show? So it was the drive time show on a radio station called Capital Life, which was um, a digital radio station adult contemporary uh, kind of music, good mix of music, jingles. Um, yeah, just a music, a music radio show. Hence, it was it was fairly easy to, to go in and just, you know, prep up some ideas and, and talk about, you know, the, the latest news or the latest, you know, story and entertainment or pop. And um, yeah, so I would do that. And then after I finished, wait, wait, wait. Could, Bef- before you yeah. after, before you finish it, <laughs> I have a question. Do you have any audio recordings of any of those shows? Oh man, I've definitely, I've got demo tapes from all through my life. So (laughs) I can try and dig something out. A dramatic end there from David Bowie, Life on Mars, 106.1, Rock Radio, Manchester's first classic rock station. Hello, good evening. I'm Mike Russell, in for Paul Anthony. Coming up tonight, future classics, High Roller versus Tempest. We have got the winning band here at eight. Now, I'll tell you what, they're on a busy schedule. They've just been sound checking and they're playing a live gig tonight as well. So stand by for the winners of future classics. They'll be here in about 15 minutes. Also tonight, oh, it's a Firefest Friday. Giveaways, interviews and loads of good rock and roll music at 106.1 rock radio meanwhile on one and you were in your 20s then how old are you today by the way i'm 34 all right so you've been from one to six you did three hours of pre-show prep and then all of a sudden you cross the street you do your own show pre-recorded it's going to be recorded later broadcast later then then what uh, then the train back to uh, to Kent, uh, the county of Kent, which is where I was living at the time. That took about an hour. So often I would just uh, kind of zonk out a little bit on the train, get home, uh, try and sleep during the day. This was the craziest time. I did work during the daytime. I did flip it around, but this was when I was doing lots. And then I would get up uh, sort of early afternoon, I guess. So everything was back to front, you know, have a bit of breakfast. And then I was trying to build up my, my initially it was a voiceover business. It was, it was me, it was a website. Uh, you know, it was, uh, just kind of, uh, processing orders through, I think it was PayPal back then, uh, and kind of getting stuff off to people doing production as well as working with people online, which I was just starting to experience and build up. I was also doing uh, production maybe for different radio stations at the time on a, on a professional basis. And, and, um, and then once I'd done all that and, and done my best to market myself as well, uh, which uh, I can't remember exactly how I did that, but it must have been very different to the way. Actually, I think, I think back then in 2003 and 2004, it was about posting inside internet forums and, uh, you know, in a kind of non-spammy way as possible and saying, hey, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, because there, no, there was no social media. So, but yeah, it was, it was all like, uh, what was it, PHP BB2 forums or something like that. You, you go on and, there, you know, there are various communities online in, in that sense that you could kind of connect with people and uh, people would find you that way. Uh, and then after I did all that, uh, yeah, it'd be start again. It'd be back on the train and uh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Was it during this period of time that you met Isabella? 
So it was a little while after I met Isabella back in 2007, and I was actually on air at the time, uh, actually one of my best times in radio. It wasn't a, a massive radio station. It was probably about a, a total uh, amount of people in the in the broadcast area. It was about a quarter of a million, I think. Um, it's just near, it's in a place called Slough, uh, which is actually where the British version of The Office uh, was filmed. And uh, it's, it's near Heathrow Airport. And, <laughs> nice. and um, yeah, that's where I, I met Isabella. I was, I was doing a radio show at the time and... Um, yeah, that that was a that was definitely a magical time, and then we did some some crazy things. So that's the bit you left out that you didn't know about. Um. <laughs> Give us juicy details. I want juicy details. Oh man, the full full authentic story, right? So yeah, we made some we made some mistakes. Um, oh no, mistakes! <laughs> but not mistakes that we we regret. I no, don't, yeah. I don't regret anything we did, but we did things that we look back and we think, wow, we learned from that. So um, yeah, uh, obviously, yeah, two thousand and seven. Um, she had um, come over with her family from Poland. Uh, actually, she'd come to visit her mum, who was already in the UK. Um, and, you know, the idea was to stay for a couple of weeks, but then she met me and that all changed. <laughs> and uh, So it, it started out with um, when she went back to Poland, I was hopping on a plane every weekend to go and visit her. So I know virtually every Polish city there is to know now, uh, which is great, and every Polish dish and every Polish drink, <laughs> which is lovely. And, um, and then we ended up... Um, what did we end up doing? We ended up moving in together. Uh, that was around late 2007, early 2008. Um, and then I got a really good, uh, well, actually, she got into banking in a really good way. Um, and we got uh, gigs up in the north of England. I got a great uh, gig uh, producing a radio, a talk radio show in, in the city of Manchester, which, as you know, Cliff, is a great city and one of the, the, the great cities of the UK. And then uh, we decided to throw it all away. We had a great thing going on. She had a really good gig uh, in banking. Uh, she was a personal banker. I was uh, doing a, a great radio show in Manchester and we thought we're going to get married and we're going to uh, get married in the UK and then in Poland and then we're going to go and have this honeymoon around the world, which is where uh, we spent uh, a lot of money and we're <laughs> very silly with that. Uh, and then we got back and 2009, so when we just got married, that was the time when we were like, oh man, that was a really hard year. I mean, right now, uh, it feels challenging in my entrepreneurial journey right here in 2016 where I'm sitting now. Um, but I look, you make me now think back about 2009 and that was a tough year. Uh, it was like we got back uh, from, from the honeymoon. Uh, we spent more than we intended to. So we racked up a bit of debt. And um, yeah, I was looking for, for gigs in radio and it, it just wasn't happening for whatever reason, uh, you know, and Isabella was trying and trying and trying and eventually she, she got herself a, a, a gig, uh, which was in insurance, funnily enough, and she, she met some of her, her best friends that she remains friends with now um, just because she worked in that role for uh, a few months. So yeah, it's, it's crazy how it all came along. Um, and then I eventually did get back into radio. I did some some years in radio before then things started to move. And really, I, I do. I know this sounds really cliche and funny because I'm talking to the podcast answer man, but it, it is podcasting and it is very specifically um, Internet Business Mastery was massive for me. Uh, the Internet Marketing Podcast in, in Brighton. Uh, obviously, I had to get a British take on things, so I found that podcast. Uh, and then I found yourself, and and it all went from there. And it's it's funny how once you listen to one podcast, you get a referral to the next. Yeah. And yeah, this is this is what did it for me. This is this is where it all all changed. And hey, who knows? It's uh, things could change again and move on. You just never know what's what's coming next, do you? You never do know. I, and I love to hear that backstory and, and the, the struggle after coming back from the honeymoon. And I love the fact that you don't regret the mistakes and, and the, the hard time and the debt because, yeah. it, it, you know, you are who you are today because of all the things you had to grow through. And it, it gives you a lot more credibility with other people who are on a journey as well where their life isn't perfect and they sometimes make a mistake or two themselves. Now, if I go back and say, well, how accurate was my picture before that I gave? You, you <laughs> notice that now all of a sudden it was almost completely accurate. Now we're seeing it's like, okay, wait a sec. There are a couple cracks in the story there, Cliff. And, and I'm sure that, that, wasn't, that that's, not the whole, that's not all of it. I mean, oh, so no. you said you guys made some mistakes. What's one other mistake that you make that you don't necessarily regret, but something you grew from? 
I'm someone who gets bored really easily, still to this day. I like to start things and and try things. And then once I've kind of got it going, I'm kind of like, "Mm, I've kind of lost my fire for that. There are certain things that I can keep doing that I love doing. I mean, um, online stuff is is always going to be something that's of interest to me. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, one of the things I look back, I think, oh, where would that have gone? Um, was that gig I had in, in Manchester before I, I went traveling on our honeymoon and got married? Uh, I thought I, I had a great gig there. You know, I got to arrange some fantastic interviews and get some great guests. I mean, we, we had some, you know, well-known names. We even, we even, I even managed to get David Cameron before he, w- before he was the prime minister of the UK onto the show. So, the, you know, there was a lot of success there for me and it was a, it was a really good radio group. And I thought, well, maybe, you know, I could have grown. I could have, you know, gone up the chain. I could have ended up, I could have ended up being a, a radio station manager or a program controller or something like like that. So, but then none of this other cool stuff would have happened to me if I hadn't thrown it away. So it's kind of like, you know, what, what do you do? <laughs> yeah. Interesting. I, now I yeah. wonder, I wonder today where you are at this very moment in time, if somebody came to you and said, Mike, I listened to your interview on podcast answer, man. I had no idea. I'm right here in the UK and I'm looking for a radio station manager. Will you come work yeah. for me? What would you say? Wow. <laughs> I would say no. <laughs> would you really? Yeah. because awesome. um, Yeah, absolutely. Because I, I love what I do now so much. I love that, um, first of all, I, I don't like managing people. That's, <laughs> that's, Isabella is very good at that. I'm, I'm not good at doing that. So um, that's one clear uh, thing we have in our relationship that works very well. Um, and we do balance each other out. And I'll tell you what, Cliff, I mean, uh, I know you have this as, as well with Stephanie, like having the opportunity to, to work with your, your better half, with your other half, uh, is an amazing thing, is a, is a great thing. And I, I wonder how, how you deal with that, because sometimes uh, work literally takes over your relationship. Your relationship becomes your work. And, you know, particularly when you have that working relationship with your spouse and it's not just kind of, okay, I do internet business during the day and, and you do something else. When it's all together, it's it's hard to to find, you know, definition there to say, okay, now we should probably stop this and we should probably just gaze into each other's eyes and, and go and do something fun. Yeah. <laughs> you and Isabella actually work more together as equal partners in the business than Stephanie and I do. I, Stephanie and I are okay. equal in, in so many ways, but yeah. when it comes to the amount of work and, and stuff that goes into the business, I'd say I'm probably 95% into it and Stephanie's 5%. Okay. Uh, right now. Now, there were times when she was more like 30% because the focus back then was content production. At one point, we were doing 7 to 15 podcast episodes a week. And Stephanie was in a majority of those. So back then, the the main activities of the business, Stephanie was much more, uh, we were closer to an equal percentage then. But today, content production is right now during the summer. It's just this show right here, the Cliff Ravenscraft Show, formerly the Podcast Answer Man. Stephanie and I took the summer off for Family from the Heart. So Stephanie's not involved in content production over the summer at all. And the one thing that Stephanie comes down and helps me with each week is accounting. So that's that's the main emphasis there. Now, with that being said, Ravenscraft Enterprises LLC has a full-time employee that is my counselor that I go to for advice. And, and then I say, oh, this is so bad. This is something that just happened. And that person happens to be my wife. So maybe if you if wow. you figure the amount of time she has to put up hearing me talk about all the things that are going on, okay, maybe she's maybe 35%. <laughs> but no, what I'm saying though is, okay, so for me and Stephanie, back when we were doing more equal share and she was more she was as involved in the business. I totally get it. You guys have children as well. We had young kids at that time. And every time we would go out to dinner, we're talking about the business. Every time we're at lunch, we're talking about the business. And and it's the business, 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 business. What we had to do is discover the fact that, hey, date night isn't really date night. They're business meetings. Right. (laughs) And so what we did a long time ago, and we have done this ever since, we do not talk business outside of scheduled business meetings. Such a good tip. I love that. Every Thursday, Stephanie and I have a business lunch meeting. We go out to lunch and that entire business meeting is all about having, is talking about business. And during business hours, 
we can talk about business as much as we want. If she comes into the office, it, business is on the table. If I come upstairs from at lunchtime and she happens to be upstairs and, and you know, I'm in the middle of my business workday, business is on the table. But yes. after business hours, and of course, you know, <laughs> that's a little fluid, right? Um, but after after a certain period of time, usually about five o'clock, even if I continue to work, as far as I'm concerned, Stephanie's off the clock. And we don't talk business after hours unless there's an emergency business meeting and we'll schedule that and we'll say, hey, let's talk business. Yes. And what we do is we make sure that we also have date night. And when it comes to date nights, we pretty much say, listen, this is time for us to talk about our relationship as a couple. It's a, a, it's a time for us to talk about our family and our dreams and hopes. What do we want to do for vacation? What are our personal interests outside of our business, which is very difficult because our business is so much tied into our personal interests. So but it is difficult, but those are the, that, if I could give you guys one thing, it's like, say, listen, we don't talk business unless it's a scheduled meeting. Right. And, and so it's, sometimes he's like, I've got something. Can we schedule a meeting right now? But, <laughs> but you would be amazed at how just the fact that you decided that you needed to do that puts that, puts that discussion into a boundary that doesn't leak into the rest of your life. Yeah, and takes over. And I love the idea of having, you know, scheduled date nights that you can, yeah, put that all aside. Uh, and like you say, it's easy for it to creep in because it's what you're passionate about, right? Yeah. At the end of the day. So, yeah, I- interesting mix. So, I like that, though. So, you gave up this gig and and you're sort of like, oh, man, you, you went on, you spent more money on this honeymoon, you come back and, you know, you, you guys are eking by, uh, you said that Isabella get, has this job for a couple months, why three months? What what happened after three months of her job in the insurance? What, what happened then? So now I need to go back in time. So we, yeah, we were back there in Kent and it was insurance. Now what happened there? I'm just trying to think. Gosh, that that is a, a blur in my mind right now. I know that I did eventually get a very uh, kind of in quotes for radio uh, steady job uh, in the area and um that's what happened. So yeah, she was in insurance in, in Kent. And then uh, the opportunity came along again to, that's right, to work for the bank again. And this time it was, you know, she'd worked in the, the bank up in the north of England and around. Um, but this time the, the opportunity came through because it wasn't an, an instant thing. And that's what she'd been pushing through uh, uh, was to, to, to work for the bank. And it was as, as a personal banker in the city of London, which is like, you know, one of the most prestigious places, I guess, to, to be in a bank. And um, so she got that opportunity that did come along. Uh, but obviously she'd taken the initial opportunity to, um, to get some work coming in. Um, so that's why there was the, the short time there. And then obviously, yes, I, I did land myself that, that radio gig that I was, I was working at as well. So we were kind of in that, that steady kind of, uh, stable flow at that point, I guess. So what year is this? So this would have been, uh, it would have been late 2009, I guess, early 2010. And then we were working through from that period, 2010 into 2011, uh, doing what I guess you could say was the, the, the steady, you know, go to work. You know, she was, she was literally doing a nine to five, uh, and I was doing a, uh, 4am to 4pm, I guess in radio, cause I was doing the breakfast show. So I was up and, and prepping from four in the morning on air from 6am till 10am. And then I was hanging around as usually you do at a radio station, doing other things, doing, uh, bits of production, doing, you know, stuff for the, uh, the events that they would organize the outside broadcasts and bits like that, uh, coming home completely tired, um, but still enjoying it to a certain extent. I mean, for me, uh, it hit me when I, I, I thought, I'm, I'm back here, I'm back in radio again, yet somehow I feel there's, there's something better out there. This, this can't be it, can it? I, every day just getting up, going in, you know, doing what the program controller tells me to do, uh, you know, reading the liners I'm supposed to read, uh, all of that. And, and that was when I started listening to podcasts because um, it wasn't in my local neighborhood. I was driving for about 40 or 50 minutes every day uh, to get to that radio station. Uh, and that's when I started to play podcasts in the car. That's really, yeah, late 2010, early 2011 was when I started listening. So I've been a kind of lurker listener, I guess, for a while before I, I kind of hopped in and I, I thought, yeah, this is this, there's something here. 
I think we're getting pretty close now to the launch or the actual transition of of your Mike Russell hire me for anything voice talent guy yeah. to music radio creative and and how did that come about? So that came about um, when so we'd had music radio creative it was it was up and running but it was just very much a, a passive uh, part time thing. Again, this was the this was the period when I was on air at that radio station. Uh, this must have been back in 2011 that we we took on our very first other voiceover artist apart from myself because up until 2011 or so it was literally just me on the website and the moment I, I realized I couldn't do it all was when we had an email come in uh, saying yeah I've got a radio station it was funny enough it was a radio station in in Uganda I think and they wanted a male and female mix uh, so that was the point when Isabella said to me this was before she started getting really involved in the business she said well you know what you have to do you have to you have to take on a female voice artist ask ask the person who's on air after you at the radio station you know she's got a great voice and and so I was really nervous to do that but <laughs> Isabella pushed me to do it because I'm, I'm just one of the, one of these people that Isabella can can manage people and do that kind of stuff in her sleep. She's very good at that. But she definitely helped me to conquer a fear that day when I called up all nervous uh, to the, the person who was on air after me. Although I had a great relationship with her, I just felt really funny about asking, would you like to do some work or, you know, is there an opportunity here? And the moment I said, you know, I've got a website, you know, we do some imaging and, you know, drops for DJs and bits like that. Uh, really need a female voice. You've got a great voice. Would you be up for it? And, and the answer couldn't have been more yes. Yes, then you can imagine it was like absolutely you uh, extra know. work to talk into a microphone. Yeah, you want to put me on a website uh, and promote me as a voice artist and, and <laughs> throw any work that comes in for a female artist. Yes, so it's like I don't know why. Looking back, it seems so silly that I was like that. But um, and then it just grew, and then more confidence. So then we took on a, a male American whoa, whoa, voice. Whoa, whoa. And then, slow down. Yep. I, I gotta yeah. I gotta just say number one, it it took your wife to to really inspire you to take an action that you were scared to do, and now absolutely. all of a sudden it's like oh. Well, yeah, that's so obvious. The next word you said, and I want to make sure that people didn't skip this because you were talking really fast. And then you said, I grew more confidence. I just yes. got to say how important confidence is in this. A lot of people say, Cliff, I want to really improve my marketing skills. I want to improve this. I want to improve that. I want to improve this. I got to tell you guys, the one thing that you can work on, I think that will give you one of the greatest returns on your investment as far as time spent working on it, your confidence yes do some research on how to build your own self-esteem your own self-confidence because that is extremely important all right go ahead i love that and i think i think i was actually looking back i think i was looking at that situation the wrong way around so i thought oh wow we've had this potential order coming in and we need a female voice i need to ask for help. I need somebody's help to do this. Otherwise, I'm going to lose the order. So I was looking at it that way. What I wasn't thinking is actually I was offering an opportunity. Mm. So, so rather than, oh, will you help me help? I, you know, I really need this kind of thing. It's like, no, actually, I'm offering you an opportunity. And and that's 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 really affected my thinking down the line now. Whenever I, you know, uh, whenever I'm speaking to someone and I'm thinking about the, the, the situation, I'm thinking, is this asking for help or is this an opportunity for the person? Where's the opportunity for the other person? Does that make sense? Absolutely. It, it, yeah. it makes a ton of sense and I love that. So you created Music Radio Creative, started out with radio imaging, then all of a sudden we talked about the podcasting. I think we pretty clear from there. I want to say that um, you and Isabella had reached out to me early on and, you know, I I had never heard of Mike and Isabella before, and I'm like, you know, they're like, Cliff, we want to create music for your podcasters, and 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 at this point, I mean, I'd been doing it for many years already, and I am always approached by people who want to sell their stuff to podcasters. Yes, and I'm and and so Mike and Isabella didn't stand out to me more than anybody else, I and mean, it's just like it's like you're just another email in my inbox wanting something from me to to peddle to my audience, and I'm like, exactly. is this not how I do things? And I mean, we were, I was nice. You guys were nice and, and, and stuff like that. But then you came to America and you came to this event. Absolutely. We came to America was to meet you, Cliff. <laughs> but it, it, not just to meet me, but you wanted this opportunity to talk to me about this partnership, you know, that we could partner together. And, 
And obviously, you'd want to do that with other podcasters as well and, and meet podcasters. But anyway, I, I recall just the meetup that I had in, in the suite that I was hosting yes. that evening. And yes. just uh, talking to the two of you face to face, it was like this instant connection. It's like, wow, I'm going to be friends with these people. You know, yes. and that and that, that's very rare that I get that feeling. And it's, it's like, and, and instantly, I'm like, okay, do me a favor. I, here's, I've got a cruise coming up. If you guys create a cruise promo, then yeah. I would love to consider you. And you guys develop this like within a week. This summer, join Cliff and Stephanie and the GSPN.TV community for the dream cruise of a lifetime. A four-night cruise to the Bahamas on board the Disney Dream Cruise Ship. With many exciting features and plenty to do for both adults and kids. Enjoy the world's first onboard water coaster, the Aqueduct. Become a detective and solve mysteries with enchanted art. Spend the whole day on a private island. Watch magical fireworks from the ship. See Disney-style shows with all the characters and much, much more. (laughs) We are planning to make this community event the magical experience of a lifetime. For booking details, head to gspn.tv slash cruise. Awesome. (laughs) Mike, I was so impressed that I'm like, okay, dude, okay. I'm definitely partnering (laughs) with Mike and Isabella. They are going to be my... They're going to be my source that I go to and send my clients and students to for all their professional audio branding. If they want professional audio branding, Music Radio Creative is the only place I think I'll be sending them for that work. And so that and it has been that way ever since we met each other. And and one week after that conference, we set up an arrangement, which, by the way, if anybody wants something that amazing, podcastanswerman.com slash audio podcastanswerman.com slash audio. I have a special package, special pricing just for you guys. All right. So, Mike, you talked about how important a conference was, how it connected yeah. us and and things like that. And so you came back to the UK, you guys came back to the UK and said, man, I wish there was something like this for UK podcasters. Tell us a little bit about how New Media Europe came about. Well, exactly. Yeah. I mean, uh, it did, the genesis of it was definitely from the, the podcasting community, which thankfully there, there were a few people in the UK when we had this, this crazy idea to, to just get a, uh, a room in a, a hotel, a, a meeting room in a hotel. And then eventually it all moved to the, the hotel bar. But yeah, we managed to get around 30 podcasters into a, uh, a fairly nice hotel, um, in London. And it was just from that moment. And I guess, at the start, it was just very much like, yeah, we like podcasting, so we definitely want to meet that kind of crowd in the UK. And just, yeah, we just wanted to like bring people together and, and see if they're out there. And and they were, and that was amazing. And it was actually at that very first meetup back in uh, March of 2014, after that had finished, uh, we, we were sitting there in the bar. I remember it went all night, literally all night. I mean, these people were phenomenal. That's why we had, it's always your first experience with something, I think, that often sets you off on whether you're going to have a good journey or a bad journey, whether you want to continue that journey or not. And because Isabella and I had such a phenomenal first experience and thought, these people are amazing and they do exist in the UK. It's just they can't all afford flights to, you know, to New York or Las Vegas or Los Angeles to, um, uh, to meet with the awesome podcasting community in the US. And um, after that, it was about three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning when the last podcaster had, you know, dropped out of the hotel or, or gone to their, their bed for the night. The Is and I just looked at each other and we said, we said at that very moment, we said, we have to do a conference. We, we have to do it. And it was, it was crazy because literally that was our first experience of putting on a real event where we were inviting people to, to join us. And obviously, as you, you know, Cliff, I'm really into online marketing. So I, I did as much as I could to, to market that initial meetup. And Isabella's got the kind of coordination and working with people uh, skills. Um, so she did everything there. Uh, and still to this day, people say, oh, have, have you got a huge team? Uh, is there a huge team? Have you got like 100 people working on New Media Europe? Is there someone managing this and that and the other? And actually, we have a couple of rock star VAs, amazing VAs, Andrea and Chachi. Um, but apart from those guys, really, it's pretty much just us still to this day. So, um, yeah, but we, we love it. And, and yeah, I guess I've kind of got gone off on a tangent there. But, yeah, f- very much the first podcasting conference that we did in 2014, it was Isabella and I. That yeah. was it. And, so. by the way, I happen to know there are people who are listening to our podcast. They just heard you say amazing rock star VAs. And 
I got to say, there yes. are people out there, they have no idea what a VA is. Yes. And, and so it's a virtual assistant. And if you want to learn more about virtual assistants, just go over to virtualassistantpodcast.com. There's this really awesome podcaster who did 38 episodes back in 2010. It's rather, it's rather good. And I'll tell you one thing, actually, to endorse that podcast. I, I literally spent a whole week uh, consuming it nonstop in my ear because I couldn't get enough of it. It's a, amazing content. And I do remember actually telling you at that very first meetup uh, when we met in your suite at that event. Um, and I remember telling you about that podcast. I said, that's an amazing podcast. And I think you created it like three or four years, maybe more uh, prior to that. And you just said, oh yeah, really? Okay. And then I realized after, after I consume more of your content, you're like, yeah, I get told all the time. <laughs> so I was like, oh, what a great line to say to Cliff, you know? So, uh, but, uh, but it really is good content. And, and still to this day, uh, from what I understand, you still get lots of listeners to that. I, I, I probably pick up about a hundred new subscribers per month. As Amazing. a result of that podcast, and that the last episode was December two thousand ten. Yeah, and I remember you got a you got a sponsor, didn't you? As well, yeah, sponsor. Before I recorded the first episode, I had my sponsor. Wow, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, it, it, that was a fun site. Virtualassistantpodcast.com. Anyway, so yes, it was so it was just you, Isabella, and two rock star virtual assistants VAs yeah. uh, for that first conference, and then uh, the second year you did Manchester. Is that right? Uh, yeah, second year was uh, Manchester, absolutely. Yep, that's, that's when it right. became New Media Europe. And I was invited to come and speak as a keynote uh, speaker last amazing. year. Yeah, and absolutely amazing. It was incredible. It was one of my favorite conferences that I've attended. The community there was so tight-knit. It was, it was basically everything I've ever loved about conferences in America, but everybody spoke with really cool accents. <laughs> yeah, all these European accents. There was obviously the British going on, but uh, yeah, we had good representation from Poland, from the Netherlands, from Germany, uh, France, all, all over Europe. It was, um, and that's that has always been the goal when we. Um, I guess I, I hate using this word, but when we pivoted uh, from just podcasting only to that kind of whole new media, blogging, podcasting and vlogging, there's still a, a heck of a lot of podcasting in new media Europe. Um, we suddenly thought, okay, we'd spoken to a lot of people at our first event and um, you know, we had people from Europe attending that first event. We had attendees from Sweden, from Ireland. I remember particularly talking to one Irish guy and I said, well, what do you think about the, the name UK Podcasters? How does that sound to you? How do you feel about coming to a, an event called UK Podcasters? And he actually said to me, he said, I really don't mind. I think it's a great idea. I love meeting the UK Podcasters. But there was just a, a, a gut feeling there that actually if we wanted to expand a little bit further, that maybe, you know, using the word Europe uh, would be quite interesting. And I, I think that that has proven to be good. Uh, we, we get a, a lot of love from, from the Netherlands, but they're, yeah. <laughs> they're good neighbors to us. So. <laughs> well, the interesting thing about Europe is, is that you said that, you know, coming from Europe to America, that is so costly. But I mean, you don't even need a flight. You can just take a train. To, exactly. From just about yeah. anywhere over there, you can just take a train and you're golden. And that's one of the things that I loved about being in Europe is is traveling by train and, and stuff. So one of the things that I love about you and Isabella and what you've done with New Media Europe is you have not gone the budget route. You, you haven't gone for the cheapest venue, the cheapest this, the cheapest everything. You guys went all out. And it reminds me of Michael Hyatt. Michael Hyatt's platform conference is like this and also reminds me of Michael Stelzner's social media marketing world. So for anybody who's listening to my voice, if you've ever been to a Michael Hyatt platform conference, a score conference with Michael Hyatt and Ken Davis, and then if you've ever been to social media marketing world, you know that those conferences, they don't skimp on the details. They don't yeah. skimp on quality. Uh, they, they put it all in. The only thing is though, both Michael Hyatt's and Michael Stelzner's conferences charge a super premium price. Mm. <laughs> but New Media Europe, for now, has a very affordable price. It's probably something that'll need to change in the future. <laughs> but this year, you guys are doing it in London. Tell us about the London event. Absolutely. So, um, well, thank you, Cliff. It's, uh, it's just under two weeks away now, I guess. And um, it's going to be really exciting. Uh, so we've got, as you say, a, a great venue right in central London. 
people outside of the UK like to come into London. They like to visit London. So that's definitely a plus thing. It will be in the center of the action. Um, we have our full two-day event. And and one thing just recently I had pointed out to me uh, that we were told um, uh, by actually by Mark Morrity, who's one of our, our sponsors from All Sound. And he said, you, you're not making a big enough deal about the fact that you actually have a black tie dinner in the evening with wow. awards, with entertainment, with the, the, the full works going on. I mean, you, you obviously saw the, the evening networking cliff at our last year event, yes. uh, which was fun. Um, but yeah, we, we're definitely sort of going all in this time. Uh, I mean, we have grand plans if we're, you know, privileged enough to be able to get to the chance to do this again. You know, I, I would love to do even more with the the experience, uh, you know, expanding it out over maybe more days and, and bits like that. But as you know, it's all about growing the community uh, that are involved because it's the it's the people, I believe, that really make the event, the, the people that get involved, everything from the attendees to obviously the speakers to we do have a wonderful bunch of volunteers uh, who are so passionate about the, the, the whole event and the whole idea. Um, because it's not Mike, Mike and Isabella, it's not about Mike and Isabella, it's about the idea of, of what is happening here. And so many people say, I just now have the opportunity to meet all these people I didn't even know existed, uh, potentially create partnerships, because I guess that's part of the reason we're, we're all there to see how we've got some synergies going on and, and possibilities. And um, it's just, it's exciting to, to see it and to see that that is happening. So, yeah. Here's why I want to encourage anybody who is listening from Europe or anyone who can travel to London within the next 15 days, you have to go there. And there are a couple of reasons why. First, I want to just say Mike and Isabella are totally amazing, awesome people. And yes, this conference is not all about them. Trust me, what he just said, it's incredible how humble these two are. But go there and meet them. I will tell you, my life is enriched because of my relationship and friendship with Mike and Isabella Russell. So go there first and foremost to meet Mike and Isabella. What they're doing for the podcasting community around the world is incredible. And so if you have the opportunity and you can travel to London in 15 days from now, then definitely you've got to meet Mike and Isabella Russell. Number two, go there to meet one of my number one mentors in life, Dan Miller. Those of you who have been listening to me for years have heard me talk nonstop about my friend Dan Miller from 48 Days to the Work You Love. He's an author that has sold millions of copies of books around the world. His message literally is life-changing. We've told you the story today of Mike and how he left his somewhat secure uh, you know, radio career uh, but and then and risked it all to create music radio creative and now is doing this bold gamble with creating a conference and not doing it budget style but doing it big because he has big ideas of what he wants to offer this community dan miller's message is all about finding the work you love and you heard mike say man i was on the path to becoming the radio station manager (laughs) and you heard mike say today if he was offered that job he wouldn't take it and the reason why is because he is doing the work he loves. And that's what Dan Miller is all about. Dan Miller, I was just interviewed on uh, Laria Petrucci's podcast, Geeks University, her and David Foster. We were talking about the size of our audiences. And I was talking about how size really doesn't matter. It's about the relationships you have with your audience. And one of the, one of the statistics that I told her is that I can trace 80% of the income that I receive on an annual basis right now to 11 members of my audience. Wow. And the other 10, 10 of those 11 came as the result of one member of my audience. And that one member is Dan Miller. And what I mean by that is I'm talking about Dan Miller is the one who told Michael Hyatt about me. And Michael Hyatt's the one who's told a couple hundred thousand people about me. You know, and then Dan Miller's the one who told, you know, so-and-so. And And it it just goes on and on and on. Dan Miller is an amazing man, and his message will change your life. And he is the keynote speaker for New Media Europe in London this year. And number three, the third reason why you should go to New Media Europe is the connections that Mike was just talking about. The reason why people go there to network and meet other people. You might go there and as a result of a meeting that you have with somebody, you you meet somebody for the first time face-to-face at this event, that relationship, that friendship in this space 
can radically alter and change your life for the better yes. for years to come. And that's exactly how Mike and I have the relationship that we do today. Absolutely. Absolutely. That That's amazing, Cliff. And, you know, I, I appreciate the the opportunity to, to come on your podcast and just chat about life and, uh, and, and do the whole story there. I mean, it's, it's amazing. And you're a really good friend and you, you stepped in when, when I asked for help and I, I'm, I'm very grateful to you. No problem, brother. I, anything I could ever do for you guys, I'm always here for you. Um, this event you. is uh, June 18 through 19 or 18, 19, June 2016 for those of you who aren't from America. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and so and how much does it cost to get in? Uh, so at the moment, the uh, the full price ticket is at uh, £390, which is, I think it's around $500. It's 390 English pounds. Here's what yes. I can tell you. It is one third the cost that it should be. Wow. <laughs> I, that, I'm just going to tell you, at the, the full price ticket that is available right now is one third the cost it should cost to attend this conference with the quality that it is given at. And I am not just saying that to blow smoke or anything like that. I'm telling you this is every bit as good as the platform conference and every bit as good as social media marketing world as far as the quality and what you guys put into this. It is a steal. So guys, go over to newmediaeurope.com and register for this event. Mike, I got to say, man, it, it is an honor to be your friend. I am glad that you took this time to have this conversation with me here today and I hope that you'll come back I want to I want to have you back on in the somewhat near future uh, yes. to talk about some of the new media marketing tips that you have you've you've been doing we're not going to go into <laughs> it right now but you've been doing something on snapchat 100 days of new what's it what do you call it 100 new media tools uh, to promote our conference new media Europe yeah and uh Definitely been having some fun with that. So like yourself on Snapchat, you know, you're, you're loving that at the moment, aren't you? So. I am. And, and what's your username <laughs> on Snapchat, by the way? I'm at iMikeRussell. Well, you don't even need an at. It's just iMikeRussell. iMikeRussell. Correct. There you go. So find him on Snapchat and follow him. Mike, thank you so much, my friend. We'll talk again soon. And I hope everyone else will get to see you at New Media Europe London. Thank you, Cliff. Really appreciate it. Really appreciate you. And um, you blew everyone away last year with your, your opening keynote, by the way. That was amazing. The biggest and best New Media Europe yet will take place in London, England. 18th to 19th of June, 2016. Book your place now at newmediaeurope.com. Podcast! Add some man.